let's just start off talking about you. You were telling me that you've been fascinated with books for a long time and you have a really unique background. So why don't you tell us where you're from in Utah and how you got introduced into the world of fantasy books and how your love began. Right. So I'm from Vernon, Utah, which is a really small farming town. There are more cows than people. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I lived there, I think we had about 300 people as all. Wow. So very small. And we didn't have a library. We had a bookmobile. So I would wait every two weeks, I think is when it came out. And I would wait for it to come out. And then I would just load my arms up with books and take them home and just read everything. Um, and that's where I was introduced to fantasy and I devoured all of the fantasy books that they had. And then <laughs> I went to, when I went to junior high and high school, our town was too small. We didn't have one. So I had to take the bus to Tooele, Utah, which is a much bigger community. And it opened up a lot of opportunities for me. They had a community library that I thought at the time, I thought it was massive. Wow. One of the biggest buildings I've ever been in. Oh my goodness. Um, it's actually not a super big library, but it, they also would have community classes there. And so there was an author, her name was Karen Hoover. And with a couple of her friends, she taught a teen writing class, just totally volunteer. It was for free. She just wanted to inspire teens to get interested in creative writing. And so I took that with some of my friends and I just loved it. Um, I loved all of the assignments. And then at the end of the class, she said that there was going to be a teen writers conference in another part of Utah. She was going to drive to it. And so she wanted to know if anyone wanted to come. And so I went with two of the other teenagers um, to this conference Mm. and I met some really, really cool authors there. Ironically, I met Lisa Mangum there. She's my editor at Shadow Mountain. Um, She edited Beauty Reborn. So I met her when I was 15 at my very first writers conference. That's amazing. And between, yeah, between talking to her and some of the other authors that were there, I just was really awed. Um, I realized that this was something that I could do. This was a real career if it was something that I wanted. And so I decided that it was, you know, 15 years old, I decided I want to be an author and I'm going to work on that. So I started working on my first real book. And I just went from there. I went to BYU-Idaho for college and got an English degree, uh, shopped a lot of books for a lot of years. And then finally, Beauty Reborn was picked up and it was released a week before my 30th birthday. Oh, my goodness. What an amazing birthday present, though. It was. Yeah, I, yeah, I could not have been happier. I bet. I bet. I love that. Well, that's wonderful. Well, just some things that I've really liked seeing on your website you said something and maybe I kind of want to hear it from your voice, but about people saying that fantasy books, because they're not real, you know, they don't really maybe have as much merit, but you put something on your website that's just powerful. Do you remember, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you want me to read? Yeah, it's it's under my section on my book. (laughs) Yes. Um, It says, I've heard it said that fantasy books don't matter because they're just made up. I can assure you that my stories are very, very real in every way that matters. Yes. Yes. What does that mean? (laughs) Well, I've always believed that about fantasy because when I when I was growing up, I had some friends who were very, I don't know, posh isn't the right word, but we'll we'll, we'll say posh or pretentious. Um, And they kind of came after me for only reading fantasy um, and said that, you know, if I wanted to seriously pursue English, if I wanted to maybe get a degree in it, that this was, you know, the genre fiction was not a viable use of my time because it was just pointless. They were like, you know, these are surface level stories. They don't have any depth to them. They don't change people. 
not the way that real books do. And when they mm. said real books, they were talking more of like, like a literary fiction, you know, To Kill a Mockingbird and some of the canon classics like that, which by the way, are excellent books. Right. Like I, I don't want to diss on literary fiction, but I think that it's really sad that sometimes there's this idea that fantasy books, um, other genre fiction too, but I'm in fantasy. So we'll just say fantasy books are pointless or that they're a waste of time. Mm. Um, I've even talking to some other friends, I've even had people say, Oh, I don't read fiction books because you know it's all just made up if I'm going to spend my time reading I'm going to read something real I'm going to read memoirs and uh you know instructional books and things like that because that's an actual valid use of my time whereas fiction would be a waste of my time and I've always thought that that's so sad because like yeah uh, I, I talked about growing up you know and reading all these books from the bookmobile and stuff and these were books that genuinely helped me mm. in my life Sometimes I was reading about characters in situations like mine. Usually I wasn't. Usually I was reading about, I mean, you know, from some of my earliest memories, I got really into the Magic Treehouse books. So these <laughs> yeah. are kids who just, great. Yeah, who just climb up in a treehouse and time travel to different places. Absolutely. Um, and that's not my situation at all. But I, I was learning really interesting things based on just how the characters interacted with other people. Mm. Um, books. I, I didn't grow up having any siblings and my mom was a single mom who worked a lot. Wow. And so there were a lot of life lessons that I learned from books, how mm -hmm. to interact with people. Um, I found role models of, you know, characters who did things where I went, I want to be like that. I want to be like them. I want to be able to problem solve like that. Or I want to be able to keep a, you know, a calm head under pressure like them, Absolutely. things like that. So yeah, so my opinion is that to say that fantasy or fiction books are a waste of time because it's all just made up completely misunderstands the power of storytelling and the reason that humans have been storytellers from the very beginning and the reason that we continue because the the facts of a story don't have to be true sure. for the story to have truth in it and for it to be valuable for you in your own life. I love that so much. I resonate with that so much. As, and I think because people think that you maybe enjoy a book or you find it entertaining that that you you said you hit the nail on the head that there are life lessons in those characters still. And I really feel, especially for young girls, there's a lot of strong female protagonists in fantasy books. And so really, I you know, I totally agree with you actually. <laughs> so I actually really appreciated. Right. I really appreciated that I saw that on your website. Um, and then, you know, you talk on your website, how you really write stories that have emotional depth to it, which I think is super important. Um, why do you feel in your words, it's important to have characters who are more than just a surface level type of character that people are, are learning about or watching through their story? Well, I mean, the first answer is just selfish. And that's that in my stories that I enjoy reading, I like characters with depth. Um, right. Some people really, really enjoy a plot in books. Like they're there for the plots and the twists. I'm not. I'm always there for the characters. For me, a book is only as interesting as its characters. Mm. Um, so that one angle coming at it from one angle is just selfish that that's something that I like. But I do think that there's a lot of value in having depth to characters. Um, and I think that it's because otherwise they come off as fake. Sure. I think that, you know, readers, readers are smart enough to tell when a character is acting like a real person 
or when they're just kind of plodding along and doing whatever the author wants. And, you know, the author's like, I'm just here for, I'm here for something else. I don't care about the character. Mm. And then just like you said, um, in terms of role models and stuff, like I'm writing young adult books. So theoretically, my main audience is 13 to 17 year old girls. And I remember when I was that age and how much I took from books, how much I was modeling myself and my personality after people that I was reading about, you know? Um, And I remember some of the books that I read where I imitated certain things and then decided, actually, I don't like that. Um, That isn't who I want to be. Whereas there were other books where I took things from them. Like Gail Carson Levine was one of my favorite authors when I was that age. And I really, really loved her Ella Enchanted and Forest mm. books. Um, and that that had a big impact on me, being able to look at a character like Ella, who seems to do a lot of things wrong. Um, and I mean, Ella is cursed in the book, so she has a lot of things that are outside of her control. But watching how she deals with things, how she manages what she can control versus what she can't, right. and the way that she tries to correct her mistakes, like all of that was really, really inspiring for me and set a good model for me. So for me as an author, I feel an obligation to do that same kind of thing. I want to create characters that have depth and can be inspiring to people. Um, because I think that, you know, reading fiction is not a waste of time, but it is a time investment. And I, when people read my book, I want it to be time well spent. I want it to be something that they can walk away and they've had a good experience with it. Absolutely. I love that. Um, with your book, Beauty Reborn, you really, taken on quite a challenge of another retelling of Beauty and the Beast, but the reviews on here are absolutely phenomenal on your website. Um, why did you decide to start with this classic tale and, and I guess your own version? Right. It was quite a challenge. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think when I was querying this story and I started looking for comp titles, I, I remember the first search I did, it came up with a Goodreads list that said something along the lines of the top 400 best Beauty and the Beast retellings. Like that wasn't all the retellings in existence. That was just (laughs) what they thought were the top 400. Wow. Yes. Uh, And that that made me a little shy. Yes, Um, At that moment, I started to wonder, like, uh, have I gotten in over my head? Does anybody even need my book? But I was still confident in the reason I wrote it. And here's the reason I wrote it. It was because... I love Beauty and the Beast. I always have, Mm. but I did not write my own version until I felt confident that I had something new to offer. Sure. So the two things that came together for this book, for years and years, I've been sitting on the idea that I wanted to write a Beauty and the Beast retelling. I started one once that was, the Beast was a werewolf. And then I decided that, nope, it was just kind of a very vague Twilight copycat. And I was like, (laughs) nope, I don't love it. So I abandoned that. Sure, sure. the other thing, the other thing that was sitting in my head for years was that I, I'm a trauma survivor. Mm. Um, I have PTSD and I was a victim of, um, sexual abuse. And that was something where I was like, oh, thanks. Um, as a teenager, it would have been really, really useful for me to have books that would be good resources. And once I got later in life, I did read a few speak comes to mind by speak by Laurie Hall Sanderson is a wonderful book. Mm. And that book was very helpful for me. And as an author, I wanted to be able to offer a resource like that. 
and not not a preachy one, not one that said, you know, oh, I know what you're going through. Here's exactly what you need to do. But just one that I thought my teenage self would have found comforting. That was the only goal. I wanted to write a book that my teenage self would have found comforting when I needed it. So when I wrote Beauty Reborn, it was because these two ideas collided in my head. Um, I, I wanted to write this book about healing from trauma. And then I had also wanted to write a Beauty and the Beast retelling for years. And as soon as those two ideas came together, then I had a main character and a story and I sat down and wrote the book and I absolutely loved it. And right. I still do. So I love that. That's, that's, great. that's the original twist on this is that it's Beauty and the Beast, but it's through the lens of healing from trauma and finding a second chance in life. Mm. And and in the um, promotion for the book, it's about saving herself. Is that right? The main character, yeah. Belle? I, yep. Is your main character named Belle? I just assumed. <laughs> it's okay uh, if you she, no, this draws very heavily on the, the original fairy tale. So her okay. name is Beauty. Wow. I love that. Was it Sarah J. Yeah. Mass? Is it A Court of Thorns and Roses? Did she do a Beauty and the Beast retelling? And I feel like that's the one that I hear a lot about. Oh, yeah. Um, Akatar is the pinnacle Beauty and the Beast retelling right now. <laughs> okay. You'll hear that one a lot. Okay, interesting. And so you feel like your book rivals those. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Um, well, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to know. <laughs> um, I I think that my book is completely separate and has something completely separate to offer. Um, Sarah J. Matz and her series is offering this sweeping epic, um, you know, multi-book series, long, long books, an entire fairy court, a big love triangle. Like, this yeah. is a sweeping fantasy epic, and you are in for a ride. Um mm-hmm. Whereas my book is 200 pages long. It's an afternoon read. It's supposed to be a quiet, (laughs) comforting story about healing and finding hope um, and just, you know, watching watching someone pick herself up from the ashes of her life and find a way to move forward. That's wonderful. I, I, I would not, I would not use the word rival. I would say that these are two completely different offerings. Mm -hmm. Um, If you like Akatar, you might like my book. It just depends. Are you there for the Beauty and the Beast retelling or are you looking for the sweeping epic? The sweeping epic would probably be a different series. Sure. Sure. No worries. No, I think that's great. That's wonderful. So what's coming what's coming up next for you then? Are you doing a series or are these are you going to be doing like a series of standalones? Um, what will be what can people expect to see from you as time goes on? So there are two things people can expect to see. Number one is there will be a sequel to Beauty Reborn. It's not, it, it's separate in the fact that this is going to be Beauty's sister's story. So mm. uh, more of a standalone sequel, although her sister's story is so tied up in hers that I do still think the books are linked. Sure. That one's called Astra Remade. Um, we'll probably see it around mid next year. Um, and then I'm also working on a completely separate standalone YA fantasy called Casters and Crowns. Um, and that one you should look for at the end of next year. Wow. That's amazing. Well, wonderful. Yeah. Well, anything else that you'd like to tell our listeners that they can look forward to, where can we find you online? So my website, elizabethloam.com. That's the best place. Um, I'll keep all of my updates there. I'm also on social media, um, at Liz Loam, Instagram, uh, Twitter, although I'm less common on that one now that everything has kind of been uprooted. Um, I have a Facebook page, Elizabeth Loam author. Um, and then I'm also on TikTok as well at Liz Lowe. Great. 
You know, before you take off, I haven't really asked any other author this, but why don't you tell me what your favorite book is other than your own? A Monster Calls. Mm. <laughs> A Monster Calls by Patrick Knapp. How that come? is my favorite book of all time. Um, if if you want to seek it out, just know that you are, bring a box of tissues. You're in for an emotional haul, but it is worth every single moment. It's the most beautifully written story that I've ever read. And it has so much truth in it about grief and healing and the human experience. Plus there's a monster. There are a lot of stories that happen with intricate twists and get the illustrated copy because the artwork is just jaw dropping. I love that. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for joining us. We so appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.